Storytelling is marketing's oxygen. Your brand cannot survive without it. Hi, my name is Nyquia, and I am the founder of The Marketing Profit, a global digital marketing agency. I have mastered the art of storytelling and marketing strategy from the greatest storyteller of all time. Yes, girl, you got that right. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. The Scriptures, Stories, and Strategies podcast is here to help faith-based content creators create a universal community within their online business that sparks engagement, prompts actions, and generates income using lessons from the only business book you really need, your Bible. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Faith-Fueled Podcast episode. If you are new to my podcast, welcome. And if you skip past that intro, no worries, I am guilty too. Then you wouldn't know who in the world I was. So my name is Nyquia, and I am the founder of The Marketing Profit, which is a global digital marketing agency, a business educational platform, and a faith-based global community for adventurous fempreneurs who love to mix business with adventure. And if that sounds like a community you want to be a part of, then you would love this podcast because it's all about mixing faith with business. Okay, if you have never hung out with me in person in real life or have watched me on video on any social media platform, you probably wouldn't know that I am a total goofball, okay? I love comedy, I love to laugh, and I love to make others laugh as well. I can see sense of humor in most situations, and I use that to take people's minds off bad situations. So naturally, I find funny situations in the Bible when I do my daily reading, and I want to do a few episodes of funny moments or stories in the Bible and share them with you and like my perspective. And then I'll turn those funny stories, of course, into business lessons for you. So it's not just all laughs. This is going to be a real fun episode for me to film. And I warned you now, excuse me for my random laughter, because I really just think the story I'm about to share to you today has just some funny bits. I will be reading and adding commentary, so if you want to follow along, be my guest. However, if you are in a listening situation where you can't grab your Bible and read along, no worries, just listen in for a good laugh uh, and follow along. So today's funny story comes from the story of Jacob. Uh, The Bible chapters I'll be referencing referencing, today are from Genesis chapter 27 through 33, with the main focus between 29 and 33. Now, just in case you are unfamiliar with who Jacob is, I want to shed some light on his character. So... His life is a story of a transformed man who, from the deceiver, becomes a believer. I mean, Jacob's name literally means supplanter, which means someone who takes something from someone on purpose that wasn't theirs to begin with. So looking early at uh, Jacob's life, it's very easy to actually hate him for being an opportunist, a conspirator, a manipulator, and a liar. He is the twin brother of Esau. His parents are Isaac and Rebecca, and Isaac was actually the child of Abraham, so Jacob is Abraham's grandchild. Jacob, late in his life, eventually had his name changed from Jacob to Israel, which was the name given from God himself, meaning to wrestle with God. 
So through deceit and trickery, Jacob acquired not only the birthright of his twin brother Esau, who was older than him. They were twins, but Esau was born first. So in that, in, back in that time, the birthright was always given to the oldest son. So not only did he steal his brother's birthright, but he also stole his brother's blessing. And we'll we'll go over that in the story we're going to read today. So what business lesson is there to learn from Jacob's life? <laughs> What's so funny about this story? I'm going to explain all of that. Let's dive in. Once again, I'm going to be reading the New International Version. Uh, go ahead and read whatever version fits your understanding better. For me, it is the New International Version. And I'm probably not going to read word from word, so I'll let you know what I'm skipping around. Um, but like I said, I'm going to briefly go over chapter 27, but the real funny part starts from chapter 29 to 33. So let's start. So in Genesis chapter 27, uh, we are told that Isaac is now grown old. So remember, Jacob is Isaac's father. He is an old man now and he is blind. So before he is about to die, because he thinks he's about to die, he wants to give his blessing to his favorite son, which is Esau. And remember, Jacob is his younger twin brother. He wants to give his blessing to Esau. And um, because it's uh, because he knows that he's about to die. And so if he gives his blessing off to the next heir, uh, he will be blessed through his descendants and all that. So um, he's uh, talking to Esau and he's saying, hey, like, go out. I'm about, you know, I want to taste my favorite meal one last time before I go. Go out hunting and get me a deer. Bring it back and prepare it for me the way that I like. So uh, Rebecca, who is actually Isaac's wife, uh, overhears Isaac telling Esau about this blessing that she's about to give Esau. Rebecca's favorite son is Jacob. And Rebecca does not really like her son Esau. Um, one, because he married outside of uh, their like religion, their faith. He married Canaanite women and he didn't marry somebody who was... Um, like a, uh, well, and this time would have been an Israelite. So she overhears Isaac talking to Esau. So after she hears this story, she goes to Jacob and says, basically, hey, Jacob, I just heard your dad over, you know, I just heard your dad talking to your brother and he's about to give the blessing to him. But I want you to have the blessing because you're more fit. And God told me when I was pregnant that the younger son is going to rule over the older son. And so I'm just trying to keep that going, basically. So Jacob, uh, hearing what his mother is telling him, is like, are you sure? Like, I don't want to bring a curse on myself or this family because I stole a blessing that's supposed to be for my brother. Like, are you sure? And Rebecca was like, yes, I'm sure I'll take the curse myself, but I want you to have the blessing over your brother. So keep in mind, Esau and Jacob, even though there are twins, the main things that you can tell apart from them was Esau was very hairy and Jacob was very smooth. So the fact that Isaac was blind, the way he can tell them apart, not only by their voices, is by the uh, by the hair. So if it was Esau, he would feel Esau's arm and it would be very hairy. If it was Jacob, it would be very smooth. So Rebecca was like, your father's not dumb. <laughs> so I need you to 
put on Esau's clothes. I need you to grab some fur from this goat, put it on your arm because he's going to fill up on your arms. I need you to go ahead, take some um, venison because if you cook venison the right way, which I think it's goat, if you cook it the right way, it tastes like deer. So Rebecca was like, go out, get some goat, okay? I'm going to make it real quick and I'm going to prepare it so you can give it to your father before Esau comes back. Now, Rebecca's smart. She's also deceiving her husband at this point because she knows that it's going to take a while to hunt down a deer, but it's quicker to prepare a goat and a goat is going to be quicker uh, to serve to Isaac and she can make it taste um, just like deer. So Jacob's like, okay, I'll do it. So she does every he does everything that his mother toes. He goes to Isaac and um Isaac right off the back is like um I know this is not Esau. So I want to go to the part where he notices it. So let let me see if I can find it in here. Um So if you go to verse 22 in chapter 27, it says, "Jacob went close to his father Isaac who touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, so he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son, Esau? he asked. I am, he replied. This is Jacob saying that. Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate, and he brought some wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, because remember, he has on Esau's clothes, so he smells like Esau as well. So Isaac says, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the son of your mother bow down to you. And those who curse you be cur- may those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. So after Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. So he too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, my father, I'm starting to laugh because this is this is when it starts to get funny to me. And I really have pity on Esau at this point. So uh, my fa- Esau walks in and I'm in uh, verse 32. Uh, my father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. His father, Isaac, asked him, who are you? And Esau says, I am your son. He answered, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled violently. <laughs> I'm sorry. First of all, I'm just thinking of Isaac as an old man, and, you know, he can't see. So when Esau is like, I am your son, and he just thought he was talking to Esau. So I'm just imagining him trembling violently. Like, is this a funny choice of words? Anyways, <laughs> so Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. So back then, when you gave a blessing, you can't take it back. So he gave the blessing that God told him to give to Esau, to his son. So he said the words that came from God himself. So he cannot take that back. 
So in verse 34 of chapter 27, it says, when Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry. I know he was upset. Like, he was mad. <laughs> like, Esau was so upset. First of all, he's probably hot and sweaty because he just went and caught this deer. <laughs> he didn't even know during this time that his brother is back there scheming. So anyways, <clears throat> so... Verse 34, when Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me too, my father. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he's taking my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have made him Lord over you and made all his relatives. <laughs> I've made all his relatives his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? So basically Esau is just getting the short hand of the stick. Isaac feels bad too and he's angry, but he's like, Bro, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I can't take this blessing back. So in verse 38, Esau said to his father, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. So he crying at this point. He is hot. His father Isaac answered him, your, <laughs> first of all, the blessing he gives Esau, I was like, dang, that's so messed up. Like, anyways, this is the blessing. He says, your dwelling will be away from the earth's riches, <laughs> away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. You will live by the sword, and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. So in verse 41, it says, Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. I mean, come on now. If that, if you were Esau, you'd be mad too. So he said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. So in verse 42, when Rebekah was told what her older brother, what her older son Esau had said, she went, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said to him, your brother Esau is planning to avenge himself by killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, I'll send word for you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? First of all, you didn't even care about Esau like that, bro. So you don't even care if he died. But anyway, let's go on. So verse 46 says, then Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from Hittite women like these, my life will not be worth living. So chapter 28 says, so Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him. Then he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Padam Aran to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. So before I go further, just keep in mind that Rebecca is a deceiver. She basically put the idea in Isaac's head, talking about, hey, your son 
already married Canaanite woman, and I don't want that to happen to Jacob. So we need to send him somewhere uh, that he can marry, you know, a woman of God. And basically, deceitfully, she really wants to send him away because she devised this plan, and now Esau wants to kill Jacob. So Isaac, not knowing this, is, of course, going to agree with Rebecca is what she's saying and then send him off. So he says in verse two, go at once to Padam Aram to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessings given to Abraham so that you may take possessions of the land where you now reside as a foreigner, the land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way, and he went to Padam Aram to Laban, son of Bethuel, the Aramean, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, the brother of Rebekah, who was the mother of Jacob and Esau. Now, Esau learned that Isaac had blessed Jacob and had sent him to Padan Aram to take a wife from there, and that when he blessed him, he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and had gone to Padan Aram. So Esau then realized how displeasing the Canaanite women were to his father Isaac, so he went to Ishmael and married Mahalath, the sister of uh, Nebioth and daughter of Ishmael, son of Abraham, in addition to the wives he already had. So I find this funny because Esau, like I said, he married outside of God's people. So now he's like, well, shoot, if Jacob, like, um, let me get one up. If Jacob is going to marry a woman of God, I might as well marry one too. So I can have good, so I can have, um, good, I can look good in my father's eyes, but that really changed nothing. So I want to skip ahead to chapter 29 when Jacob arrives in Padam Aran. So when he arrives to uh, his uncle's house, uh, Uncle Laban, who is uh, Rebecca's brother. And this is where it gets even funnier. So <clears throat> let's see. Let me skip to... Um, Let's skip to the part where it says Jacob marries Leah and Rachel. So, okay. So after Jacob had stayed, so he already found Laban, by the way. He stayed Laban and he uh, he stayed with him. So after Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month, Laban said to him, just because you are a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, basically meaning she was ugly. She was not a looker. <laughs> but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. And so verse 18 says, Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you for seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. So Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because he was so in love with her. So verse 21 says, then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to make love to her. Verse 22 says, so Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, <laughs> but when evening came, 
he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and Jacob made love to her, and Laban gave his servant Zilpha to his daughter as her intended. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I've served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? So before I read on, basically, I guess it was nighttime, and I'm guessing Jacob couldn't physically see who he was having sex with. So he thinking it's Rachel, but it's actually Leah. So it's funny because he's starting to reap what he sows. He deceived his brother so many times that now he's the one being deceived. And he just wasted seven years of his life. So let's continue. So verse 26 says, Laban replied, It is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week. Then we will give you the younger one also and return for another seven years of work. So first of all, Laban already knew what the custom was when he already asked Jacob what the wages for his work is going to be. So Laban should have said something when Jacob was like, okay, I want your daughter, Rachel. He should have said right then and there, oh, you can't have her. You got to marry Leah first. But he ain't dumb. If he said that, then he probably would not have stayed. So (laughs) I just found that funny how... He just really just played Jacob like that. But honestly, Jacob deserves it. So, and now he has to work another seven years, guys. But, hey, he loves Rachel, so let's see what happens. So, verse 28 says, and Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. So, Laban gave his servant Bila to his daughter Rachel as her attendant. So, Jacob made love to Rachel also and his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah and he worked for Laban another seven years so now it's starting to get real funny so the next part is about Jacob's children so verse 31 says when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved because she was ugly so she didn't get no love so when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved he enabled her to conceive but Rachel remained childless first of all this is not funny in Rachel's sense because that's sad this is funny for Jacob because you over here not really giving Leah no attention you don't really like her and you're giving all your attention to Rachel and God just has this sense of humor saying all right you want to do that to Leah all right well I'm gonna make her have the kids and Rachel not gonna have them right now (laughs) so verse 32 says Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son she named him Reuben For she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. (laughs) She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon or Simon. I don't know how you pronounce it, but again, she conceived. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, now at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So he, so he was named Levi. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. So I just want to say, first of all, she had four kids so far. So imagine how Rachel feels right now. Like, She's the one that's really like she's like Leah was in love with Jacob, too, but she just wanted that love back. Rachel and Jacob both had that return love. So imagine how Rachel feels right now. She's probably real salty. So chapter 30 says, 
when Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. <laughs> First of all, it is not all that serious. Like she, she's just one of those females that just takes it to a notch. Like why you gotta die? Like you didn't even gotta say all that. <laughs> so anyway, she said, give me children or I'll die. So verse two in chapter 30 says, Jacob became angry with her and said, am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? Basically, he's saying it ain't my fault that you ain't having kids. Like, that's up to God. Then she said, here is Bila, my servant. Sleep with her so that she can bear children for me and I, too, can build a family through her. So she gave him her servant, Bila, as a wife. Jacob slept with her and she became pregnant and bore him a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me. He listened to my plea and given me a son. Because of this, she named um, him Dan. So I guess she was happy about that. I mean, I still think Leah got the one step because she actually gave birth herself. But let's continue reading. So verse 7 says, Rachel's servant Bila conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, I have a great struggle with my sister, and I have won. So she named Naphtali, named him Naphtali. I still don't think she won in this case, but let's keep reading. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her servant Zilpha and gave her to Jacob as a wife. First of all, Jacob is just living a life right now because he just has all these girls coming at him. So Leah's servant Zilpha bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, what good fortune. So she named him Gad. Leah's servant bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, how happy am I? The woman will call me happy. So she named him Asher. During wheat harvest, Reuben went out into the fields and found some mandrake plants, when he brought to, which he brought to his mother, Leah. Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrake. And bro, this verse 15 but she said to her so this is leah talking and she says wasn't it enough that you took away my husband will you take my son's mandrakes too so rachel said very well he can sleep with you tonight and return for your son's mandrake so that right now that you're really tossing around jacob so verse 16 says so when jacob came in from the field that evening leah went out to meet him you must sleep with me, she said. I have hired you with my son's mandrake, so he slept with her that night. God listened to Leah, and she became pregnant and bore Jacob a fifth son. At this time, guys, Rachel still had no children of her own. This is crazy. So, verse 18 said, then Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband. So, she named him Ishakar. Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has presented me with a precious gift. This time my husband will tr treat me with honor because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. It's so sad that Leah is literally trying to buy her husband's love through sons. It's so sad. Verse 21 says, sometime later she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dina. Or maybe it's pronounced Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel. See, God always coming through. He didn't forget about Rachel, okay? He just, wait, he wanted stuff to play out, all right? <laughs> 
So verse 22 says, then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and enabled her to conceive. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, may the Lord add to me another son. So I'm going to stop it uh, right there. Uh, The rest of the story actually has some pretty funny parts in it too, but I'm going to stop it right there. And I'm going to talk about the business lessons in a few. Um, But also keep in mind, their son Joseph is the same Joseph that actually gets sold into slavery because his brothers were jealous of him. And um, that's where the whole story of Egypt comes into play. So if you guys, I definitely encourage you guys to read the rest of that story, at least to chapter 33, when he sees his brother again and how he acts before he sees his brother. It's just funny. Um, So, excuse me. So what business lesson can we learn from this story? Well, there's a few, but here's my top lesson. It all has to do with ethics. So, and when I say ethics, I mean business ethics. So business ethics is the study of appropriate business policies and practices. There are seven principles of business ethics, which are honesty, integrity, promise keeping slash trustworthiness. Oh, excuse me. Um, loyalty, fairness, concern for others, respect for others, and law-abiding. And unethical behavior has serious consequences, of course, for either an individual or organization. You can either lose your job, you can ruin your reputation, you can ruin your organization's reputations, uh, your organization or yourself can lose credibility, um, your productivity can decline, your behavior can change as a result of significant fines or financial loss. So looking at the story of Jacob and what we read, out of the seven business ethics, I want you to think, which ones were he unethical with and which ones were he ethical with? So think about that. I'm going to give you my opinion. So if you ask me, he abused all and also followed all but he struggled in life making up for the unethical things he did. So basically, you reap what you what you sow. So if you read the rest of Jacob's story, which I highly suggest you do, I'm going to go through the seven um, business ethics and explain, you know, how he was ethical, but also how he was unethical. So for example, Jacob showed honesty when he stood up against his mother, Rebecca, about devising a plan to pretend he was his twin brother Esau to his blind father. But then he also disregarded that honesty and did it anyways. Uh, Jacob showed integrity when he told the Shishamites that he will only give his daughter Dina to be wed by Shisham if they follow his laws of circumcision given by God. And he stayed true to his faith, but didn't show integrity when he stole the birthright of Esau, even though God told him he would rule over his brother. But Jacob took matter into his own hand and wanted the birthright now and took advantage of Esau when he was at his lowest. Uh, Jacob kept his promises and trustworthiness when he stayed for 14 years to marry the love of his life, Rachel, for Laban, but lost his trust with Laban, which is Rachel's father, when he escaped with his wives and children without saying the proper goodbye to Laban. Even though Laban was going to let him go, he escaped the day before without even saying goodbye. So, like, that was like, okay, you just broke that promise. Uh, He showed loyalty to his mother by carrying out her plan to trick her husband, but did not show loyalty to his brother Esau, who he manipulated over and over. 
He showed concerns for others when his sons killed all the men of the Shishamites after they were all circumcised, saying, how could they do such a thing? How they brought dishonor to his name, but didn't show concern and offer a plea to fix his son's mistake. He just escaped. He didn't even try to finish fix anything. Uh, he respected others like Laban, who was Rachel's father, who actually deceived him, but then turned around and got revenge by deceiving him and escaping with his daughters and grandchildren. Instead of letting God handle the revenge, he took matters into his own hands. And he followed all the laws given to him from God, like um, changing his name to Israel, being called Israel. But some laws he broke because he did it on his own time. Like he didn't he didn't have patience, like stealing his brother's birthright um, from Esau. So I hope you learned something from this funny story. It has definitely some funny aspects, or at least to me, it was funny. I hope you've seen the funny perspective from me, and I hope you understand the business ethics that are in this story and what can happen when you uh, are doing unethical things within your business or within your entrepreneurship journey um, when you're building your community. So I really enjoyed filming this episode. If you had fun listening to this episode, please rate, please comment the most funny part in the story. Like I said, read all the way to chapter 33 um, because there's some more funny parts in there. Um, But as always, I do want to end this uh, note on a prayer for you. So let's pray. (coughs) Excuse me. Sorry, I'm like a little sick. So sorry about that. That was kind of disgusting. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for giving me this platform to be able to reach people on the other side of this um, phone that are listening to me right now, bringing your word and your truth to life through story form. I thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to read your story in the Bible, Lord, and for us to understand and relate it to real life practices and to relate it to our business. I pray the person on the other end listening to this understands the story of Jacob and understands his struggles and understand why he struggled in the first place. I pray that we all understand um, when it comes to business, uh, you reap what you sow and that's life as well. And I pray that we really take into consideration what we are doing in our business that may in the long run hurt somebody else individually or an organization. And I pray that we just are more ethical in the way we handle our business by using the story of Jacob as an example. At the end of the day, Lord, Jacob was transformed. He was transformed into a believer. And at the end of the day, I pray that everyone listening to this um, is also a believer as well. And I pray that they also accept Jesus into their life as their as his um, as their personal um, savior. And I pray that we all take away from the story of Jacob and apply this story to our lives as well as to our business life. Um, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So once again, I hope you guys enjoyed that story. And once again, uh, sorry for that short prayer. Uh, I try to uh, pause and just let the words come to me, but sometimes they don't make sense when I'm praying. So I'm re- I really hope that Uh, that prayer and your Holy Spirit took that prayer and sent it to God in a way that will help benefit you. Uh, Other than that, guys, I will see you in the next episode. Have a blessed day.